Hey everybody, it's Dave and Sean here from Saturday Morning Cartoons here with this week's sponsor, Sean. Buddy, you know, you probably you probably try to hit your three square meals a day, right? Try to. You're a healthy guy. Definitely try to. Yeah, I watch, try to be there. Watching those calories, gotta get that intake, three square meals. Gotta make sure I keep under that two thousand K a day. Yeah, sure, whatever. But I mean in between those meals, what happens if you get hungry? Ooh, I want a snack. I want a snack, right? But you know what? I mean there's subscription services out there that offer all kinds of like healthy decent snacking alternatives that's garbage nobody really wants that so our week this week's sponsor is fat snack now fat snack is something different fat snack is just going to give you what you want when you want it and as much as you want without asking any questions they don't care if you're into like a healthy lifestyle or not they're gonna load you up with Cheetos, fritos doritos everything that rhymes with those sean buddy what is your favorite snack from fatsnack.com Oh man, right now I am loving some uh some cheese curls. Some uh some white cheddar cheese curls are pretty much in my in my face right now. Yeah, they are. I can see you got a little coming out there on the sides. But it yeah. I'll tell you what my, my new favorite is. I just sent one this week. It is a it is a full pierogi that is filled with meatballs that's been deep fried and then coated in an Oreo cream. And it makes no sense, but it's one of the most delicious fattening things I've ever had. And I want our listeners out there to get a chance to try Fat Snacks for themselves. So how can they get a special offer? So you can head over to fatsnacks.com slash SMC. And in the coupon code, you can enter in morning. Remember, that's morning with a U for absolutely not a damn thing. Sounds great. Not real. Guys, we don't want to do these ads. And we don't think that you want to have ads at the beginning of the show either. And so we want to keep the show as ad-free as possible. And so we're hoping to do that through Patreon.com. So if you head over to Patreon.com slash Saturday Morning Cartoons, you can donate to our show. And for the price of a cup of coffee, once a month, you can support high-quality podcasting like Saturday Morning Cartoons. And as a shout-out to some of our fellow patrons out there who already have supported the show in our first month, uh, we want to give a special thank you to the following. So we've got Derek Haynes, Jason Woods, Melanie Harker, Allison Keene, and Sean Paul Ellis. As well as also Dave Trumbor. Now, some of those names may seem very, very familiar to you, and the reason is because we want you to know that we, as members of this show, are also supporting this show as well. Yeah, so we're definitely throwing in our own cash on the side. We don't expect you guys to front everything. We just need a little bit of help because we can't do it all on our own. We have a lot of big, ambitious ideas going forward. So, once again, patreon.com backslash Saturday Morning Cartoons. We appreciate your support, sharing, and any pledges that you have. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you from the planet Symbion, I'll be your terror trooper, Dave Grumbor. Joining me, as always, straight from the shining realm, it's Sean Paul Ellis. How's it going, Sean? Uh, David, 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 I'm doing well, buddy. How about yourself? I'm thrilled to be getting back into some wacky-ass cartoons. I mean, New Year's Nicktoons was great. I love revisiting those and exploring some new cartoons that I'm not familiar with. But now that we are square in uh, Listener Appreciation Month here in February, man, you guys picked some good ones. 
And by good ones, I mean terrible ones. Because <laughs> that's what we love here, though. I, I either love to hate on a cartoon or I love to love a cartoon. And this one tonight is going to give me one of those options, I think. Ooh. Yeah. How about you, okay. buddy? How do you feel about this one? I know you've got some history with it, though. Yeah, I actually, I do. I watched Sectars. Yeah. And I, I owned a, a bunch of action figures. I owned at least two or three of the action figures. In fact, uh, they had probably one of the most memorable action figures from when I was a kid really? because it was one of the, uh, I, I can't remember if it was uh, our main villain's insect insectoid okay. that he would ride on, but what you would do is it was like a glove and you would slide your hand into the bottom of it and that would, be, that would be the feet of the insect. We should like have warned hand- our, our younger listeners out there that this is going to be a graphic and mature episode. You know, so I'm gonna be you honest. Might wanna, you might want to send them in the other room. You know, what I'm honestly, talking about. honestly, at this point, if they don't realize how rated R this show is, I, this is this is on you. That's We've... true. But uh, hey, why don't you go back? And tell me how you slid your hand into a spider's <laughs> ass when you were a kid. So I used to fist this spider, uh, and then I put an action figure on top of my arm, and uh, and he'd ride my fisted spider, and then we we'd fly around, and that was the that was sectors. And lo and behold, sectors cool stole that idea from you when you were a kid. Yeah, you know, sometimes, uh, sometimes, you know, you'd play, you know, toys with like, you know, your parents or something like that. And like, maybe your dad would fist the, the giant insectoid that was there. Who knows, Dave, you're raising your eyebrow right now, but there's a whole world of fisting insects that you weren't involved in Thank in God. like 1986, 1987. This is important stuff to me. I have so many other things, dramatic events from my childhood to tell my counselors about that. Uh, this one escaped me, but, uh. Since we watched it for this episode, I now feel a little bit of that trauma as well. So, did not know that there was a hand-fisted spider toy that went along with these, but I'm thrilled to know it now. But I will say, in, in all honesty, like having a part of your body become no, cool. part of the action figure, yeah. that was pretty rad. I that's really cool did because, like that. Because normally like, all you can do is just kind of like grab it by its haunches and just kind of like move it around like it, it's a living thing. And that's, you know anything from like cowboys and indians to dino riders or whatever that's how you do it so it's kind of cool that they came up with a novel idea of, of how you can actually get involved in the i think that's kind of fun you know, yeah it was like inside. it was like power glove before power glove came yeah. out <laughs> and still more functional than power glove it's a hundred percent more functional than power glove that's cool i might actually give uh give this cartoon an extra bump in my rating and recommendation <laughs> just because of uh spider fister so that's fun <laughs> I don't think it made it into our history, though, our spider fisting history. So can you give the folks out there a little bit of a history lesson on sectors? Absolutely. Sectors, Warriors of Symbian, created by Tim Clark and Maureen Trotto, was a line of action figures released by Connecticut Leather Company, also known as Coleco, in 1985. An animated miniseries that spanned five episodes was created based on the characters and Marvel Comics published an eight-issue limited series about them as well. A read-along record storybook was also produced. I love the just random stuff that came out. I love that the 80s just had, like, they're going to throw everything at this. Whatever it is, throw it in the marketing machine. If it sells, we're great. If it doesn't, then we just junk it and move on to the next thing. It's also going to be challenging for me to go to a record shop and not walk up to the counter and be like, Yo, you guys got that Sector storybook? Yeah, you got that Sector's limited edition. <laughs> Looking for that 1985 Sector storybook on vinyl. Original press. <laughs> is that a if thing? I can, 
I'm sure it is. Okay, I mean, sure. yes, yes, correct. But like, I, I definitely really want to. Add, I want to legitimately find this vinyl definitely. because who the hell knows what's on it? Like, that, that, I got that a record store right up the street from me. I, I kind of want to go up there and just see if they want to surprise me. Nice, nice. How, how hipster are we gonna feel when we walk in and we're just like, do you have a thing that may or may not really have been created from 1985 <laughs> in stock? It'd be amazing if it was just like languishing in the in the back of some like spider fisted box somewhere. I'm just gonna use that term from now on, even when spider it doesn't fisted. make sense. Spider okay. fisted. Yeah. Hey, do you guys wanna know what the show is actually about? Yeah, I wanna know. Dave, what's the show about? Alright, so we're gonna change it up a little bit here because the the log line for this thing is bonkers. So I'm just gonna read <laughs> the narration from the theme song. Yes. And that'll launch into the discussion of the theme yes. song without doing that. So here we go. Here is the intro narration. For sectors. Somewhere in the far reaches of the universe is the star planet Symbion, a perfect world, until their biological experiments exploded, creating an exotic realm beyond all belief. As mutant lifeforms ravage their global paradise, a new and incredible species emerge, the Sectors, with Prince Dargon leading his warriors of the Shining Realm against the evil general Spydrak. He would destroy all to rule all. His terror troops of the Dark Domain know no mercy. The brave, the bold, and the fearless stand with Dargon. The brutal and cruel attack with Spydrak. These are the Sectars, the warriors of Symbion. What a bonkers introduction to a cartoon show. Oh, man. And we need to talk about this, like, right now, because there is so much going on in this this intro. It doesn't even really qualify as a theme song, but the intro is just... What? It... it, it... No, but I mean, like, it goes into this whole thing that we've had recently. I, I don't know if this is just because we kind of started this trend internally, and then it's sort of like that, like, hey, I bought a blue car, and then you go out and you see blue cars everywhere. Mm. But I feel like we've watched a couple shows now where the introductions are very heavy-handed in their exposition, and so it's felt like recently everything that we've watched <laughs> has been like, let me lead you, listener, through the entire story yeah. that is batshit insane. And yeah. you're like, yeah, all right, cool. I need that context, you know, in order to actually understand some of this show. Well, that and they, they so I, I kind of came across this with one of Hasbro's current properties now that I just reviewed for Collider, um, which we'll actually post up on the, uh, the site as well. But their main thing was like they want a story to sell the toy. So most of these cartoons, then and now, are just stories crafted around selling toys and merchandise. So I get that at the beginning, they just want to like lay out this exposition that's just like, here's the story, kid. Now go buy these toys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so this is, I guess, maybe where I kind of... I, I took a little bit of... Um, I, don't, I don't know how to say this. I kind of stepped back from the exposition that was in this intro Mm -hmm. at the point where they were like a perfect world until their biological experiments exploded. And so during this sequence of events, they're showing a woman who's sort of like shaking like a test tube or like a beaker. Yeah. She's, she's quote unquote scientist lady. And I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm just like, why isn't anybody supervising Rachel right now? (laughs) Like guys, we could have taken first day. I don't, I don't want to call in OSHA, but I feel like it, some point rachel should have been following some guidelines maybe and rachel's maybe. the receptionist she has no business being back here in the <laughs> biological <is> experiment <laughs> section <laughs> what is she doing in the lab like it's just, it's just insane you know to to see some of this because you know all of a sudden uh i i, I guess 
I'm looking at this from the sense that like they have this utopian society. Right. It seems like on the star and planet, whatever the fuck that on a star, means. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't understand what qualifies as a star planet. Like, so God, so I mean, like we have to think about this in terms of like stars that we're aware of. That's the sun. Sure. So that would mean that there was a like a there was this like area on top of like a burning hot sure like so yeah, they had a dyson sphere it was a dyson sphere civilization we'll give right. it that I, I think the more i think about the exposition in this theme song the angrier i get about everything because... i had to watch it multiple times i had to watch it once for the dialogue just to figure right. out what was going on and then once again for the completely insane over the top visual yeah. so as she's shaking so as she's shaking this this beaker and this thing is exploding. The, the whole idea is that whatever this experiment was, which yeah. they never really talk about. Nope. It, it, we've hit this with like Jason, the wheel warriors, like whatever the, the explosion was that has mutated all of the planet and humanoids even had a, a component yeah. of this as well. Like whatever this was that radiated out from this experiment that again, we don't know anything about it was powerful enough and it, it wasn't being supervised well and nobody was watching out and it it took over the entire planet yeah now i can't i can't stress this enough like we do experiments here on our non-star planet earth and these are things that are like really tightly controlled and like you know there's regulations and people flip out about them i mean what was like even a couple years ago when we had like when we were trying to to find like smaller particles in the universe by like colliding other smaller particles yeah. people were just like yeah when they Bozen fired Higgs? up the hadron collider yeah yeah people were and like we're like, oh, gonna create a black hole and we're all gonna die exactly like people were flipping out about that like that was a legitimate concern uh... from people and i well i, 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 don't, I don't think about it was... a big scary thing you don't understand right uh, i don't think it was a scientifically it was not a scientifically sound concern but it was a legit concern that people had you know in the same way that people are just like i'm pretty sure the vaccines cause autism you're just like you just shut up you don't know anything what you're talking about but even that like to your point like even stuff like that if if any no i don't want to give that give that uh, an arena here but if any of the (laughs) experiments that went on like the closest thing we even have to that is like nuclear bomb testing right sure i mean that's been that has been tested, that's been dropped on civilizations, even something of that scale that was like authorized and signed off on has not wiped out the entire species on our non-star planet. Like even something that big, which was heavily scrutinized, supervised, and you know, there are a lot of people involved. Even that does not wipe out the entire species on a planet. Guys, we've been trying to get rid of Nevada for decades Never. with teching, with with testing, with nuclear testing in Nevada, and the only thing it gives us is the movie The Hills Have Eyes and a yeah. remake of it. So, I don't know. So good on it, you, Nevada, because that movie was was okay. The original or the remake? The original was okay. The, the okay. remake. I liked the remake. The it's original fun. was just okay. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Agree to disagree. disagree. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna explode one of my biological experiments on you. God, that sounded dirty. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but I love this. But... So this that was my favorite part of this intro. That line. There's a beautiful planet. It's off in the stars, so we don't know where it is. Everything's great. There's no, beautiful not humans a beautiful wandering planet. around. A perfect world, a Dave. Perfect a perfect world. fucking world. Named Symbion. <laughs> 
<laughs> a perfect until their biological experiments exploded. I just there's nothing. First of all, first of all, a biological experiment, even if it explodes, I don't even know what that means. Is that like a fruit fly? Did a fruit fly explode? Probably gonna be fine. The fact that something exploded means that it should have like should be gone. There should be nothing left of it. Right. Somehow, whatever is in this vial just like goes swamp thing, and just like <laughs> vines start creeping around this woman, and plants start growing, and people start. This was the disturbing part. The visuals, like they just show people literally just like dying and dissolving in front of your your eyes, and then they yep. grow back as like this fungus insect mutant creature. It's horrific. It's a really creepy. They do a good yeah. job with that. Uh, but then we get like years later, apparently. Well, I, I think the interesting thing to kind of piggyback off your idea is that so these things encase people, yeah, and then they they are born again out of them, and and evidently this is a perfect world, but this science this science experiment gone wrong evidently creates some type of class and race war distinction, yeah, that's among what's going on that turns this into no longer a perfect world. Yeah, I mean, they do say that like new and incredible species emerge. So I, I'll give it, I'll give it that maybe like over time mutations did give rise to more like humanoid looking creatures. But yeah, I mean, to your point, I think the the insectoids are just kind of like basically humans again. So I don't necessarily know that the the. So you mutations... think the insectoids that the actual like the no 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 insectoid... I'm sorry I shouldn't say that because that is a specific thing in the the toys and in the sectors mythology gotcha. insectoids okay. like you mentioned is a specific thing but i don't mean that i mean insect like humanoid right uh and not so, in humanoids that's another show we've already covered uh just to keep it all straight this is bonkers. right so anyway this, this I, I think it just that, makes that, the humans and then the humans have their own reasons for battling so that's why they split into dargon and Phydra. well it's really interesting to note um that all races on here are sectors yes all right, and so you're either a sector that follows like the path of light, right. or you're the sector that follows the path of dark. The dark domain. The dark domain, and so this is like it, it's it's really weird because I mean presumably you're thinking to yourself like these people are all a part of you know what's going on like they have gone through like a terrible tragedy like all of these things have gone like you're either a citizen of the shining realm yep. or as dave mentioned you're a denizen <laughs> of the dark domain and that's that to me is just like wow that's it no gray area unless you're like I, a weird it, farmer out there somewhere like, all it does for me is it calls it a question the validity of asserting that you lived in a perfect world because if something happened you would think that, like, as a community, you guys would all kind of band together against, like, a, like a common evil. Like, oh, Rachel really fucked us Rachel's on this. Rachel's the worst. But we, we, we've now, we're now working together to try to, to fix this, to, you know, to understand and live in this new world. And there's some advantages of it. And, like, we're all together in this battle. See, I think... Except for the guy who looks like an ant. <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck they, that guy. I think they all just got, like, all the, the humans and everything got wiped out, though. I think that oh, really? the, this theme song jumps over a gap of possibly millennia. So that, like, all life Ooh. was wiped out and mutated, and then eventually new species emerged. Um, really? That's my theory. Because I feel like this, it's kind of like when we watch, like, Thumbdar, uh, when we watch, what was the one with, uh, like, the oh, Skeleton Warriors? Sure. All that stuff where, like, something cataclysmic happens, and then years later, in the near future, all that kind of stuff. It's so like I, time takes place where there are new species that emerge, and it's like the, the achievements of the past 
are gone. And so now we're left to like battle things out in like this medieval way. I mean, they're riding around on these bug like steeds or like flying like dragons or whatever. And they're, they're basically like in medieval times now. Yeah. So it was just interesting because doing a little bit of research for the show um, and looking back on it. So uh, after uh, these, uh, this genetic ex- this experiment fails, uh, it says, uh, frightening changes take place that cannot be stopped. The results, a world where insects grow to frightening proportions, <laughs> a world where the inhabitants have taken on awesome characteristics of insects. And so... Like, I, I think it's challenging because I don't know definitively how the storyline or, or what, the, what yeah. the progression is going to be. I can see this both ways yeah. because it's because really it's so weird. It's ambiguous and bonkers. That, yeah. yeah. I mean, to think that we would get cocooned and then grow and have these little, like, two prongs coming out of our foreheads and have the entire, like, uh, shining realm be completely whitewashed. In terms of what they are, and then anybody who's a denizen of the dark domain be all like insects Creepy of color, like, also insects of color, insects yeah. of color, and, and you're just like. Ugh. I do like, however, that whatever happened in this world, the lady insect humanoids do still keep their booty short. So they, I, God, you beat me to that. Well done. Well, it's much later in this episode. But, yeah, there, uh, were, there, there were some definite moments where I was just like, oh wow, all right. And it's like I don't know how I feel about. Sectors definitely got booty going on. Or What's like up here? Sectors. Oh. <laughs> uh, how long have you been holding on to that? Half a second. That's the first time I even uh, came to my mind. I'm happy uh, to say, actually. Dave, I'm so, I'm so disappointed, and I'm also very proud of you. Thanks, Dad. Appreciate that. First time you've ever said that to me. Anytime. Back uh, to your podcast thing. Back to your podcast. I'll go back in and fist this spider. All right, that, <laughs> have, a, have a good night being weird. So anything else from the theme song? <laughs> no, no. Uh, the, uh, so the, the one final thing that yeah. I will say about this, we, we've kind of hinted at this before, uh, just with the, like the shining realm um, and, and, the, uh, the dark, and the darkness that's in this world. Um, the crazy thing is, is that I will say this, the color game and branding for these for these people on point. On if you're wearing point. if you're wearing blue, I know you're a good guy. Good. If you're wearing if you're wearing any other color, you're definitely a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> definitely a bad guy or a poor farmer. Like, yeah. Oh god, I can't wait to talk about that. Well, god. how about before we get into that, let's let's go through some of these characters just briefly because we're gonna hit a lot of these as we go through the, the discussion. So at least some names and their basic position. Uh, just to give you guys kind of an idea of who we're talking about. So we've already mentioned yeah. Dargon, so the heroic sectors of the Shining Realm, led by Dargon. He's the prince, and he flies on this horrific bug creature called Dragonflyer. Talk more <laughs> about these monstrosities in a little bit. But he's got a few allies with him. There's uh, Pinsor, who's basically like, is he the, does he have the mustache? He's the, gin- he's the ginger stash. The ginger, ginger stash. stash. So Pinsor, ginger stash. We will definitely talk about him because he's got some great lines of dialogue. <laughs> We've also got Zack, who's kind of a younger guard, and he's kind of best buddies with Dargon. Um, no who mustache. Really, who really sort of got the short end of the stick yeah. in terms of naming for this? Zack. Everybody else has got. Everybody else is Dargon, Pinsor. Uh, you're about to uh, mention um, Mantor, yep. um, and then Zack. And Zack. Not even with a and C. Though, just Z A K. Just Zack. Everything else has like futuristic names or like insect names he's just zach yeah zach Zach. so and then mantor is uh that's peter cullen so yes hear him you already know what he sounds like so so good amazing 
and he's got like the dark mustache and the dark beard and he's like the wise one of them right okay so then, like, yeah no he's got the he's got that little bit of a uh, salt and pepper and every time yeah. he talks like i think all of the uh i think everybody at that point was just like yep sex tours sex tours it's Can't so wait. it's so deep he is it's such it's so deep i went back through his like entire yeah. imdb catalog just to be like where else do i know him from and for anybody out there who's over the age of like 60 you might remember the smothers brothers variety show and he was the narrator for that or yeah. the announcer or the host for that so anyway um so mantor then just some other quick names just to show you how bonkers they are we've got stellara body ball crossbow and gyro fly perfect they never show up except stellara and her booty shorts but other than that those are the heroic sectors. You want to lead us through some of the evil sectors of the dark domain? Yeah, let's get into these dark domains. We've got General Spydrax. He is the leader of the dark domain armies. The hideous leader. <laughs> He's the hideous leader. Uh, he has a, a whip that is coated in poison. Um, unlike most sectors, uh, he enslaves his animal companions. And so uh, we'll talk about these uh, insectoids that they have yep. that they sort of bond with. Um, and but uh, Spydrax is different, he wants to enslave them, yeah. so he has Spiderflyer, uh, which is uh, his animal companion. So, General Spydrax, big bad guy that yeah, we have, kind here. of that's a lot like a dino riders kind of thing going on, there. right? Yeah. Like Krulos. And so, we have a uh, Skulk, uh, who is Empress, <laughs> Empress Devora's hideous opportunistic. Steps on. Everybody's hideous we have, in the dark domain. Everybody's hideous. We have a uh, commander wasp waspax. <laughs> it's the best name. It's the best name. Um, and that's uh Spydrax rival. So again, it's sort of like a, a Megatron yep. and Starscream. a Starscream scenario. So the other batshit insane names that we have here are <laughs> Skeeto, uh Bandor, Knuckles, Flyflinger, <laughs> Snag, and Axeback. Sean had a tough time getting through them just because they're so I'm just, terrible. I'm laughing. Axeback is the worst name. They're so funny though because if garbage. you look at the look at the wiki page for these, they explain like what each of these uh, toys look like. So like Flyflinger has a smaller fly that it literally just shoots like out of itself. Uh, and Axeback, you can probably figure out. So some of these show up in the cartoon, some of these do not. Um, but the main ones that we talked about here will show up in the show. So how does this bonkers thing? after we've got our intro what's the first exposure to the world of symbion after the biological experiments exploded uh it is um it's really just us the talking about the fact that um isn't it that the hives that they hold the the so you, you're given a setup that the yep. idea that these hives that are on the planet that they hold the power to rule the planet and that's all they say they don't say how they don't say why they don't say what these things are you had like a min two minutes of exposition in the theme song, and then it opens right. with more exposition telling you, oh, by the way, there's more to this. So yeah, these hives, there is secrets, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Consistent exposition through this entire show. They're really going to baby bird you as much as possible. But um, so we, we have the idea that this is, uh, this is evidently part one of Spydrax's, his vicious plan. And yeah. so uh, you kind of see them uh, flying towards what looks like a field, you see a bunch of farmers that are outside, yeah. and they're Sowing, they're farming, whatever. Howling, and so all of a sudden they see Spydrax kind of off in the distance, sound an alarm. Um, it looks like Spydrax has like hundreds of hundreds of soldiers yeah. that are are either flying or running with torches, sure. with torches and swords. 
which is an interesting combination. Yes. Uh, <laughs> they, because this, without getting too much into it, this show, I, I am technologically curious wh- where they got stuck in the realm <laughs> of super science. Because they are, they, are, they are smart enough to have things like basic swords yep. and fire as and weapons. Shields and, yep. um, and shields and everything like that. And they, they ride sort of these, these insects-like mounted steeds yeah, into like battle. And, stuff, yeah. and so very kind of medieval battle that you would expect. And then suddenly, randomly, they just have blaster guns. Yeah, I think some of them... So they're called like Ven guns or something because they shoot venom. So they're like right. kind of like dart guns that shoot venom tip dart stuff like that. I, I'll tell you what the sectors, the marketing behind these these things, the toy game was super strong because they were yeah. they gave them a ton of accessories, a ton of cool things and weapons and uh, not not outfits or anything, but like accessories that you could go with them. So that was pretty smart. In the show, it's just kind of like where are they getting all this stuff? And yeah. Why is it all over the place? <laughs> Uh, didn't really make a ton of it. Didn't really make a ton of sense. No. But you know what does make sense? What's up? Burning, burning a bunch of fields. Yeah, set because... the villagers' field on fire and their yeah. home and their thatched if, roofs. <laughs> if you have, if you have part one of your plan, yeah. you have to figure out what it is. And so, uh, so part one seems to be uh, burn a field and lure the sectors out into battle. And part one A is scare the lone female sector who's wearing like the pink hot pants. Uh, scare her out of the field and make her say weird lines of dialogue like oh no it's terrible this is there are some there is so this is this is one section where sort of the the background noise or like the buzz that they have that they added in here for for everybody um here and then there's a part when they're at a bar later on where the the amount of unnecessary (laughs) dialogue that's being spoken is is woefully unbalanced in terms of the rest of the mix and so it is so off because these people are these people who are supposed to just sort of be like whispering are just like oh no this is the worst oh no things are happening our village is burning all of our crops like it's jacked up to like a 10 or 11 and you're just like why are they (laughs) screaming calmly oh no someone save us it's terrible why do they seem so cool with what's happening but the tragic thing is is obviously very apparent from the visuals so you're just like this seems like a real disconnect and the the visuals here are actually pretty terrifying like they lay waste to this village and to the point that like when the sectars do eventually show up like most of it is in quite the conflagration like it it's up it is on fire yeah it's about done so um we have we're, we're sort of introduced to the the sectors um we've got dargon and we've got uh we've got pinsor yep. we've got ginger stash yep. um and ginger stash can you can you walk me through what his his favorite quote is that he has oh here? my god well even before him we are introduced to another younger fellow who we did not mention earlier oh secor secor by the name of secor <laughs> who he just runs out of nowhere shout for the camera we've got to shave the sh- shave we've got to save the shining <laughs> realm they kept that outtake in there. It was really distracting. It's really, yeah. I mean, beards, beards in sectors. I think it's because he couldn't great. grow. He couldn't grow a beard, and everybody else yeah. could. He was really upset. We've Jealousy got to save the shining realm. What's that? We're gonna shave everything. Shave everything. So, Lock this guy back up. This is the village drunk. Right. So Secor, uh, he is sort of that uh, that ambitious yeah. youth 
who is just like, I want to fight and I want to do all these cool things. And he is really prepared because he's got a, he's got an insect altafly. Yeah. Altafly that he has, uh, he has t- uh, telekinetically bonded with. Yeah. Um, and he is, he's pulling out a sword. He's ready to jump into the field and go fight. He's ready to go toe to toe. And altafly is the insectoid that can fly the highest, which whatever the hell that means. I like, congratulations, Secor. Yeah. Nice humble brag there, you dick. Yeah, yeah. Every everything in this entire area can fly pretty fucking high. Yeah. What, like, but okay, I'll to fly. I love yeah. how, I love how they just crash him later, but we'll get to that. Okay. Yeah. So Pinsor, uh, all these guys. So just to wrap that up real quick. So I think it's Pinsor that like blows the trumpet, signals everybody. Dargon jumps on his dragon flyer, who has the worst battle cry, maybe I've ever heard. <laughs> can you uh, imitate yeah. it? No, I can't because these things are just like. They just shriek. They just shriek constantly when they're flying around. Yeah, it's very much just, like that, only like ten times more annoying. God, it's just a, it's And so all bad. of them do that. And then when they do get into battle, even the sectors have this weird, like, ululating, like Xena warrior princess battle cry that they just oh, oh, yeah. at each other. Just constantly. I, I didn't realize that that was happening until the very end of this episode with Spydrax, and we'll have to we'll have to get back into that at the end because I was just like, what? we'll just go back and forth like they do because they just I, like <laughs> bellow just at each other. Went, what the oh, fuck is going on? Stupid. All right, uh, so that's all happening. They're mounting the, uh, the response to Spydrax attack, right? So everybody's running out or or flying out on their insect toys. So now right. Pinsor. Pinsor has this, what's it called, like the blue beetle? Battle beetle. Battle, Battle beetle. beetle. So it's this massive beetle that he kind of just like, it's a tank, basically. Yeah. But he's out there and he's just yelling at all the uh, paratroopers and he says a few choice words, a few choice phrases, excuse me, and you can probably pick out his favorite word here because he does say this three different times. Go ahead, the hit it. The first one is, I wouldn't do that, maggots. <laughs> and the next one is, ha ha ha, how do you like that, you maggots? This guy likes maggots. Uh, and he says this, and he he says it enough, and and with enough frequency that very early on you're just like, oh, this is gonna be this guy's catchphrase, isn't it? Oh like, yeah, because did you watch is... the second episode? Yeah, nice. Because I did. I only could watch the first half of it, but there's a great moment. Okay, so he's without giving anything away from that second episode. At one point, he's calling people maggots again. Do you remember what happens to him as he's calling them maggots? Does he get hit with a maggot? Get maggot. <laughs> he gets shot in the head. <laughs> it shot the head. It, I mean, they have like this this armor that's like super strong, so it just shoots him in the helmet, and he falls over a cliff. And I just lost it. I was like, "That's the greatest thing ever." Okay, but before we get to all that, we're still back in this burning village. Pinsor is calling people maggots and chasing them around. And right. I mean, Spydrax pretty much lays out his plan to everybody. Anybody within yeah. listening distance, we're like, "Oh, now we know Spydrax's plan. He needs to steal this scroll because it has a map." To the what's called the hive of the ancients, and he can somehow use that to rule Symbiote. Cool, right? I guess. So we uh, so while he is monologuing yeah. outside, I think is it is it Skeeto? It is Skeeto. Yep. Skeeto. Um, you know, like mosquito. Oh, no, I get it. Presumably, um, he uh, who he has uh, he has a little insectoid that is called uh, it's it's toxic with the D, so it's like tox. Toxid, sure, is what they call it. It's basically like know. a like a tarantula kind of looking thing. Yeah, it well actually it sort of looked like a like a like a beetle. It had like a really oh, big abdomen. Yeah, no, I thought it was a it had a big abdomen and it shot poison. It shot venom sure. out of like its little beetle nose. I don't know insects. 
This is good though. Some of some well, of this it doesn't is make sense for me. Some of these things look like like half bulldog, half spider, so you have no clue what right. this thing's supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. So like uh so they sneak up into um into this area that is presumably in like the prince's tower, yep. like in part of his kingdom, um, with the intent of stealing, as we've mentioned before, and this is very important, these hives have the power to rule the planet. Sure. And so evidently there are a series of maps um that will will help you get there. We'll we'll unlock some of the secrets and so uh Mantor is again Peter Cullen and is monologuing. He's like the secrets to the Great Hive will never belong to the Dark Domain. And this is as Skeeto is, like, trying to, to wrestle these yeah. away from him. Uh, they're fighting. This, this battle ensues. And it really looks like Mantor is just going to fuck him up. Oh, yeah. And then suddenly Toxid, just out of nowhere, which I'm just like, how did you not see this coming? Just, like, just gushes. Just gushes <laughs> him in venom. And it just imagine Peter Cullen's deep voice just going, as he's like, as he's passing out and withering in pain, he just goes, Venom. Venom. I'm just like, whoa. Like, yeah, Peter Cullen, still sex yeah. colors. Down. I got sick. I'm real sexy, real fast. Down. Turns out I like Venom. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? My, my, I learned something new about myself today. Yeah, exactly. I like Venom. Something weirder happens after this point. So, like, after <laughs> Toxid does this and Mantor's like down for the count, Skeeto has the map. You'd think he'd be like, great job, buddy. What an awesome insect pal you are. You're the yeah. best. Thanks for saving my bacon and getting the map. We're going to be the best friends ever for life. Right? No, he just like punts him. Yeah, he just begins kicking him. Kicking him. Like a little, like a rabid dog or something. He just kicks him. He just saved his life, by the way, and he just kicks him yeah. to the curb. So obviously these guys are dirt. Just reminding you that these guys are dirt. So meanwhile, no, I... yeah, while all this is happening, we've got Dargon and Spydrax. I can't even say their name. I know. Dueling in the air, just oh, 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 shouting at each other. They're like yodeling at each other. <laughs> the one where he goes like, it's just like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Were you doing like vocal warm ups and you just decided to use that in the track? I, I don't get it. This was kind of a grueling fight though because they're like slashing at each other and cutting off bits and pieces of their insect. Right. They're like cutting off legs and antenna and there's like this green ecker, this blood that's just spilling out. It's pretty gross. Again, like Spydrax has a whip that's like covered in yeah. like a lethal poison, and he's just whipping off parts of yeah. of this. The dragonfly. Yeah, the dragonfly. Yeah. And so uh, you know, but then to, to follow this up, we got this prince. He's doing a ton of damage to everybody. Yeah. He's like cutting and chopping people like to bits. Oh yeah. And so it's like all in all, I'll say this: I appreciate this show for the fact that like they didn't try to. Now I know that. It'd be something totally different, and maybe this is why they did this. What's that? Is it like it's harder to show like violence and like red blood? You can, but if yeah. you're an if you're an insect, if you're an insect person, it's got, like, and you're riding wind. insects, yeah, and you've got like little like green green gushing going on there, like everybody's just like, oh, I don't really give a fuck. No, like, I don't care. Can, I've ripped those legs can, off myself. You know, and it's not considered like abuse towards an animal. Like, you know, for, for, you know, kicks or like kicking your, your little, your little pal, because who gives a shit? It's just a little, little weird beetle, you know, thing. Nobody cares. I care, Sean. I'm from the shining realm, but I want to shave it. <laughs> okay. So with all this craziness going on, uh, Dar- Dargon, I keep wanting to call him like Dagron, dragon, something. Dargon gets separated. Just call him Prince. Call him Prince, Prince D. Up? Yeah. What up? Prince, Prince D. D. Prince D. Yeah. But then there's Prince S too. I don't want to get him. Confused. <laughs> Okay. So anyway, Dargon has to go off and help 
put the fires out in the village, and that gives Spydrax and his folk a chance to get away. And now they've got the map. Yeah, so like, again, yeah. again, though, like, this is a technologically advanced society, and they're still doing a bucket brigade. Yeah. Well, don't they, like, load up a bug with water and spray it? I feel like that no, was... No. Oh, no, they don't. He, that was what no, I was waiting for them to do, Prince, and they do Prince not do D, that. Yeah. Prince D is flying past a water tower, yep. and he just cuts the spigot yep. off of it, and it just... It sends like a deluge down onto the rest of the field. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it fixes the problem, but at the same time, all these people who were displaced and now presumably homeless are just getting swept up in this current and just knocked back. And also have no drinking water or bathing water <laughs> yeah, or exactly. cooking water now because Prince D just up and slashed it all of it. Well, whatever, <sighs> we'll deal with that on another episode or never talk about it again. <laughs> so at I this do, point, I... yeah, they put out the fires. Everything's great, but they still got to go get spy dragged. Who wants to assist them in this fight? Well, I want to I, I want to say this yeah. um, as as we're getting introduced again to Secor, yes. who I believe you're mentioning. Yes. Um, so after this the entire fight is done, and right in that moment, so Red Stash puts his hand like puts his hand on Prince D's shoulder, and he's like, "You did good, young prince." Yeah. And they cut they cut to a shot of all the people who are in the town. They like <laughs> it's a field that has nothing in it, and it's all these like haggard looking people all these peasants that have nothing and he's just like and he's this is the voiceover of just like you did good young prince as they're showing all these displaced now refugee people <laughs> that he's <laughs> that have been created as a result of this and they war. all have to go live in the dark domain now they have to cross the border they have to get there any any way possible Terrible. you you think about this this is the best recruitment tool that the dark domain has they're really just is. like we're not gonna come and attack your bases if the sectars come, they're going to come in very limited numbers, and they also have ethics. We, on the other hand, zero ethics. Your house is going to stay untouched for as long as you want to kick puppy dog insects. Because <laughs> we don't give a fuck. That's a great recruitment. Yeah. It really is. It's good. I can't wait to put together their, their video. So, like you said, Secor um, comes up to the rest of them. He's sort of like, uh, he's like a, like, what were the, the musketeers, the, the, the new musketeer that had joined? Um, you know, in like the in the in the actual book, the three musketeers. Yeah, I was kind of thinking not like more D'Artagnan like D'Artagnan or something. I don't like remember. That, but... It might have been because I don't remember their names ever. Like every time that Jeopardy question comes up, I invariably get it wrong. But I was thinking more like Seven Samurai or um, uh, okay, yeah, or uh, yeah, I can't when uh, I can't remember his name. But basically, the the guy who's like an unproven warrior wants to come and hang out with the big boys and prove himself, and they're just like, "Go home, kid. Like you're gonna get hurt. Please just let us do our thing." The, That's kind the of line that, the line that they have for him is it's too dangerous, and he's like, Aww, "Oh shucks, man. yeah." <laughs> okay, he's essentially I, like the kid in every cartoon, every like action cartoon from the '80s that is always getting into trouble, and then the heroes have to come and rescue him, but they don't want to kill him because that would be wrong. So he's just basically that guy. I love after this that uh, they go back after they've kind of like sent Secor off, and they're like, "Well, we don't have to worry about him the rest of this episode." Yeah, uh, they uh, go back and they check on Mantor. Do you remember right. what uh, I believe it's Pinsor yells as uh, as they see him lying on the ground? Um, I do because I wrote it down. He just uh, so uh, so uh, Mantor is obviously so Peter Cullen is on the ground yep. and Gingerbeard is standing over top of him and he's he's holding something that looks like an egg. Yeah, it looks like an egg and he just goes and he's breaking it over top of Mantor. And he just goes wretched powder. Is worse than the poison. Oh, that was a good that was a good line too. But I like the one he said before that. Oh, what would he say? Don't touch him. He's covered in venom. 
<laughs> just the way he said venom. Uh, this is this is very quickly becoming uh, sector is after dark. dark. All right, so uh, we've we've uh, healed up Mantor, and now at this point, Prince Dargon and Zack have to go off in search of Spydrax to try to get the map back. We're I mean we're fairly far through our show right now. We are not very far through this episode, by the way. No, maybe no. a third. All of this, all of this is happening at an alarming rate, and I want to say that like we we mentioned about the the whole C core thing. He comes in again. And he says that he is that he talks about and he drops something. He says telebonded. I'm telebonded to Altafly, yep. and I, I'm just like that is the most interesting thing that we have heard to date. Yeah. And they step over it yep. <laughs> with an alarming speed, where you're just like, so what? Wait, what is, is the thing? I mean, this is like this is when they say this, you're just like this in some way is going to be. Like is gonna be your Deus Ex Machina, or this is gonna be a thing that you use. Like you just introduce something that's incredibly like you guys look like fucking weirdos, yeah. all right? And you just introduce something that is that seems really complicated, but also sort of like an innate power that all of you have, yeah. and you just don't want to talk about it and share it with the rest of the audience. Like I got I got a little bit frustrated. Yeah, I mean, and there's even more minor stuff like when they're talking about going after Spydrax, they're like, well, it's getting dark out there and they can see in the dark and we can't and i'm like right that's interesting maybe talk about that for a second or i mean that that's fine because that's really all I you mean, need really? to say but you i'm like you can't why? see in the dark because your <laughs> eyes fucking glow at certain weird points i just assumed that, that they were like to. more insect eyes and the, the other guys were like human eyes but whatever they just drop that line and then leave it like oh okay and then they don't follow up on anything at all but whatever so now we've got uh dargon and zach <laughs> who are flying off to go after spydrax basically going to his lair there's a line here that killed me, and I had to rewind it a couple of times just because of the way it's like <laughs> it's positioned. Yeah. Okay. So they're trying to kind of like sneak up, and they have to go through these canyons and this kind of like rocky pass and everything to get to his his lair. And Dargon, of course, because every hero in every cartoon has to say this, goes, "It's too quiet." At which fucking point, Dragonflyer <laughs> starts screaming his head off. His insect bug that he flies on just starts. Just screaming in the middle of this canyon. I'm just like, what are you doing? The worst bug ever. But it doesn't matter because nobody else hears them. Um, so this was kind of like a weird, a weird battle, right? How did they? So, oh, so okay. This is I, I know so how this is the, this yeah. is the, this is the moment where uh, where Secor yeah. is just sort of like he's very defiant against the it's too dangerous request, yes. and he goes, sneaks in, gets apprehended. So he went off by his own first before mm -hmm. uh dargon and zach went after him yeah right so uh so the so zach and and prince d are just like we're gonna go take care of this yeah. they have no idea that secor has been captured no, i think th i think they do i think they do at this point because their plan is to get him and get the map and get out of there oh is it i think I thought... so i thought they said that we have to go get we have to go get the secor like where's that kid secor with that bug thing i thought <laughs> i thought okay with Altafly. Because at one point, uh, when they bring Secor into Spydrax, then Spydrax is like, ah, Dargon must not be far behind. I've got a plan for him. Yeah, double the guards! Which did not help. <laughs> did not help at all. Because basically these two guys, Dargon and Zack, just like manhandle everybody in there. And it looks like they're I... just going to waltz out of the place with every, everything they need. Like Statistically, it looked like uh, a good sector, like from the Shining Realm, yeah. was worth about 
five or six yeah, doesn't, yeah. like dark domain yeah. sectors, like just in terms of like skill strength. I think they did have blasters at this point too. I think you're right. They did, yeah. They straight up had laser blasters at this point. Yep. Oh boy, makes no sense. <laughs> it's and speaking weird, of making no also... sense, <clears throat> it made no sense for them to come into this room and and fight because they left with nothing. No, no. They have like no map. Uh, yeah. They they manage uh, the bad guys managed to escape again with the map, yep. um and uh and 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 Zach and and Prince D are just like all right well I guess we have to exit this base the same way that we entered it yep. which was just loudly loudly <laughs> like <laughs> and blatantly and then uh and then where do we go to next because I feel like let's hit the bar let's hit the bar let's talk about this, <laughs> this let's talk about Ladybug. Let's talk about, talk about uh, Lady butt. Sector Lady Butts. Because they zoomed right in on this sucker. Yeah. And at first I thought it was just going to be like one of those passing shots, right? Where they do like a like a waitress will pass in front of the camera sure. and then she'll disappear or whatever. Just kind of like nope. wipe across the screen. No, no, no. This is a major character who's like a female warrior in this show. She doesn't do anything is, and, except serve drinks in this episode. but and, and, they, like, and they very clearly followed her butt. I mean, I'm into Venom. I'm kind of into insect butt now. <laughs> but, you know. We're learning a lot about That's ourselves lot. tonight. The internet the is an enabler. Oh, jeez. So, okay, we go from going to the bar, hanging out with Insect Butt. She says something. Nobody really pays attention. And then all of a sudden, yeah. Well, I, no, nobody, nobody pays attention because, again, the, the dubbing on the people yeah. who were in the bar, like the background bar noise is twice as loud as the actual conversation right. that's going on with Which, our main character. Which, honestly, is fairly realistic. Let's, let's be honest. Let's give him that. Realistic. Not great for a dramatic but not show. In terms of, but not in terms of <laughs> balance for us to be able to understand a single hey, fucking you know word what? they're I saying. I understood three words from Mantor. You know what those three words were? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lake of no, what? Blood. Love. <laughs> yes. Guess what, guys? Right. We're going from the bar to the Lake of Blood. Why? Who the fuck knows? Yeah. But we're going to get on a boat and we're going to go sail the Lake of Blood. Good times. Because cartoons. God. Oh. Yeah. Uh, hey, Dave. Uh, what do you know I about Lake of Blood? I actually have some trivia from behind the name. Do you know oh, what it is? Get into it. This was apparently no. so named because of a great air and sea battle fought there by the great grandparents of King Markor and Empress Devorah. Said battle cost nearly. A million lives. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Okay. That's from the mythology. Which, honestly, I think from the comic book, the toys, and this cartoon, there is some cool mythology here. It's just this show was just poorly put together. Kind of bonkers. What do you got? Well, I mean, I mean, you. you I would say nobody has ever returned from the Also lake. true. Literally a million people never returned. This was one of the most interesting things I mean, of the show. I don't know why I'm wagging my finger at you right now, but this was... I was yeah, you're really getting, you're really getting disciplinarian <laughs> right now. Like this was one of the most interesting parts of the show for me, and I hated that they just skipped right over it. There's like this cool little classical Greek legend mythology thing that they throw in here and put their own insect spin on it, which I thought was really cool. And right. then they're just like, nope, we solved this thing. On to the next thing. That's terrible. But let's let's talk yeah, about please. what this is. So, uh, so everybody's uh, familiar. I believe this is what like Jason I mean, it could and the Argonauts, be a right? Of thing. With the yeah, sirens, sirens call, call, but it could also be like, it's from the the Odyssey. The Odyssey. It could be from the Iliad. Or, yeah. So, uh, probably the mo- or the best known from the Odyssey is sort of the sirens call to kind of lure in uh, yep. people on ships Usually to sometimes their mermaid, doom. And yeah. so, right. 
And so we we have this uh we have this siren that is unnamed. Uh and as the uh, as we have our uh our dark domain dwellers approaching, they're just like, "Oh no, we're going to get sucked up in the uh in in the siren's call. Like we're going to get like this is going to affect us." And uh Spydrax is like, "Ah, just put beeswax in your ears." And I'm just like, you know that's actually it was smart, but it was a weird smart. thing to like, hear, like General Spydrax say. He's just like, oh, just tell the men to uh, put the beeswax in their ears, and we'll be fine. <laughs> I'm what? just surprised. I'm just surprised that he didn't like roundhouse yeah. kick him in the head and just be like, "When I want your opinion, yeah. I'll fucking ask for it." I'm gonna jam like, beeswax in your ears, and you better not ask why. Jeez, Jesus. You know, so hey, what go, kind of insect do you think whole... Jesus would be in this world? What's insect Jesus? Oh my god! Oh, I uh, got it. I nailed. I fucking knew mantis. it. Nailed it. Uh, Nicely done. Oh, I got it. This is why we get along so well. <laughs> I'm praying, man. I know. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, God. I want to see that cartoon. Uh, so, um, I, Jesus yeah, is a praying mantis? Oh, man. It. That'd be interesting. So, speaking of seeing it, uh, this is the point where uh, the sectors, uh, our good guys, uh, Prince D and crew, uh, hear the sirens call. And they get these weird, like glossed Creepy. over eyes. Just like all white eyes. Um, yeah. And and so all of our all of except for Prince D, he was, like, everybody down gets cold. I don't know what he was doing. Yeah, like but when you're sleeping, no, it doesn't prevent how. your auditory I guess function. He was, like, under under the from ha- he wasn't out in the open under the whatever. Yeah, like he yeah, was in the bowels of the ship. Right. So uh, they're they're going. So everybody gets sucked in. Uh, Prince D is trying to like wake everybody up. He's trying to get them like you know to come to their senses. They don't. They crash the ship. He gets yeah. thrown overboard. Yeah, like he, he jumps does. overboard. They all crawl into an enormous amount of spider webs and ensnare themselves. And so, uh, so right now, all of the good sectors are ensnared. This woman that you keep cutting to is sort of just continually playing this like m- very melodic. Yeah, you just see her hands on like these silk cut- strands. Mm-hmm. And by the way, this was known and as so the Isle of she... the Web Widow. This was, uh, right. Spydrex knew about it, but Mantor did not. So they ended up with the Isle of the mm-hmm. Web Widow. So they are, <clears throat> so all of the good guys are stuck by this Web Widow. Um, we have Prince D, who kind of like sneaks Yo, in he does, he does to, a the predator ca- move. to the castle. He does a predator move. He does. Move. This is fucking, I know, I love this so much. So he's just like, I, he just goes. I need to. I need to protect myself. So he just rubs like mud, mud all over <laughs> his body. He just like rubs swamp mud. He's like, oh, I won't stick to the webbing with this. And I was just like, Whoo. yeah. You know what? You're an insect human. Yeah. You would know this shit. I. I'm a normal human. I don't. I don't. I don't have any reference. <laughs> I also want to know which which thing stole it from the other thing. Was it predator that took it from sectors, which would be weird as shit, or the other way around? <laughs> I don't. I don't remember. This was 1985. When did Predator come later, out? I could be wrong. That was like 88, 89. Oh man, I don't. Predator was 87. Shit, Predator stole it from Sectars. Predator, Arnold yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger owes so... his life to Dargon, insect prince. Yeah. All right. So what's what's he up <laughs> so to? Here's, Pretty smart. But here, yeah. but here's the best part. Here's the craziest thing. So yeah. he he sneaks in. All right, he still gets this web widow, ambushes him, yep. and jumps on his back, yep. holding him. And she's like, "I've got you now." He 
tosses her <laughs> up off his back, kicks her, and then shoots her with venom yeah, all at the same movie. time. This is this is like one yeah. fluid motion. Like this is like one kind of very weird Tai Chi kind of like he had been prepping for this his entire life. It was like flip this web woman <laughs> widow and then kick her in the face and then shoot her with a gun. And you're just like And then that's exactly and then, what happens and then that's in front of it. And that's it. That is it. <laughs> that is all that happens. They are done and they are moving on and that's with the what rest sucked. of the story. It was like, oh, this was such a cool villain that they could have done like you could have honestly done an entire episode just based around this. Like if you set up the beginning, Fidrex steals the map and he's off on his quest to get it. And now guess what? Now our heroes have to go track him down. And then, oh, guess what? This guy Secor got caught up in the mix, and we have to go save him, too. Guess what, guys? These are parts of the step along your journey. Maybe don't rush through them in 30 seconds by smearing swamp mud on this, And this is also really cool, because so far we've only heard about two factions. We've only heard about a light right. and a dark faction that are on here. This is a totally independent yeah. third faction just likes that to eat has no allegiance yeah. to anybody. He just wants to eat. I got a I got a weird like Pirates of Dark Water vibe from I mean, from yeah, this part, mostly because like, Lake of Blood and Isle of the Web Widow, but yeah. Yeah, I yeah. dig it. So then, I mean, he rescues everybody, they kick Web Widow in her ass and shoot her full of venom and then leave her behind. So they just move on, and the next thing they come across is the injured uh, Altafly, because Altafly managed to escape ca- uh, being captured <clears throat> when Secor was camped. Cancered? When he was right. captured. Can- <laughs> But he was shaved. He was shaved, he was shaved Dave. Uh, so Aldefly managed to escape, but he kind of like got hit. He sort of crash landed outside of space. So Mantor, in his wisdom, wants to take care of him. Do you remember what Mantor says? What? He, well, he does the te- he does, he does the, that, like, the telebot. But he also stuff. says he's, like, he's badly wounded. Get my medicines. <laughs> I just love medicines. That's right. He's just got a satchel of medicine. It's- it's just, and it's one little vial oh, yeah. of, like, a red liquid. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's how Rachel yeah, started thanks, Rachel. this whole shit. Manicore. So maybe fucking put this He's in like, check no, a little bit. He's like, no, it's gonna make him feel better. Okay. Yeah. Bug, bug, drugs. bug drugs. Bug drugs in a tube. Speaking bug of bugs, drugs. so we get another insect ally who is not part of either faction. Yeah. We get this cool-ass tunnel worm who basically is just, yep. like, this giant caterpillar that just chows down on rock and makes tunnels everywhere. If you were... Th- if you were thinking to yourself, yeah. what does a tunnel worm do? Exactly yeah, what you tunnel. think it does. <laughs> they, are, they are not trying to hide the functionality of <laughs> this new insect. Tunnel worm. Anyway, th- there's, there, de- there needs to be zero amount of additional exposition <laughs> about what this insect does. Picture, picture like name. a graboid if you're having a really hard time picturing what a tunnel worm does and or looks like. <laughs> oh, yeah, a graboid. Okay, I yeah. love the fact that uh, these guys are like, oh, we're going to use this innocent creature do our bidding and surprise Spydrax, and we're going to be real dicks about it in the process. <laughs> yeah. Because they need to, like, they need to point this worm in a general direction so they can pop out underneath the Spydrax camp and surprise everybody. So they use their own insects to, like, push the tunnel worm off to the side and, like, knock them in the direction they want them to go. So kind of dicks. Everybody's kind of a, a bug dick. Not going to lie. Yeah. That was the third movie. There was Bugs but... Life, uh, Ants, and Everybody's a Bug Dick. All came out around the same time. <laughs> Lesser known. DreamWorks, DreamWorks had a really bad. And then Jerry Seinfeld was a B for some reason. Moving oh, on. Oh god! Moving don't on. get me. All right. So they sneak that. up. They they use tunnel worm. They sneak into this camp, and everything is so fucking loud. I don't know how they <laughs> snuck in there, but it managed to work. And... Spy and 
followed by the spy jacks just doing his like yeah just xena warrior call again and it's just another fight which honestly they're not that interesting because you still don't really know who anybody is nobody's really been introduced no uh we just kind of know it because of the internet however at one point, Spydrax does call on one of his allies to blindside Dargon. This is amazing. This is an amazing sequence. Do you remember this part? Okay, so Spydrax no, says, Waspax, get the prince or whatever. Get Dargon. Okay. And I'm laughing because his name is Waspax. Waspax comes up, and this is his shining moment, right? This is the best possible opportunity he has to take out the prince of the Shining Realm. And it's literally his only three seconds on the screen in this entire episode. He comes running up from behind Dargon to like hit him with his axe and Dargon's dragonflyer bug just like boop just puts out a, a leg and just kicks him off screen <laughs> he launches him off screen and that's the end of Waspax <laughs> you never see him again oh it was amazing <laughs> it was amazing oh, and then God. at some point they rescue yeah, but... I don't even know how or when that happened oh well um, this is this is again we talk yeah. about shining moments uh for Waspax this becomes a shining yes. moment for Secor because at this point, uh, there is a, a dagger that uh, Spydrax is, is throwing um, at Prince D. And everybody's like, no! And Secor throws yeah. his body yeah. in front of it to, like, sort of, you know, I mean, he, like, he throws himself, he, yeah, he takes a bullet. Just like a sword-shaped you bullet. You know, for yeah. Prince D. Except. Right. Except. <laughs> except it bounces just, off of his armor. Like, yeah it like in terms of like a shining moment like yeah i will say this in secor's defense oh yeah. very brave like he thought he was sacrificing yeah. himself and this dagger just like hit his arm it hit off. him like hilt first it wasn't even a good throw <laughs> and then the, the craziest not even the craziest part but the, another funny part happens next it's basically like dargon says oh thanks secor i owe you one i'm like motherfucker this guy got himself captured because you told him not to go, and he went anyway. You risked your life and the life of your weird insect pals to go save him, and you just saved his life. Pretty sure, at best, I'm you're even. I'm pretty sure he owes yeah, you, like, like at two. best, you're even. And at worst, he owes you at least another one. Yeah. But, like, okay. Yeah. And then you think, like, okay, now Secor, you know, at one point they're like, you're a brave boy, is... and someday you'll be a warrior like us. You think that that's, like, great, okay, now he's part of the team. However. No, he's not. Because in this moment, they tell him they're just like, it's going to get too dangerous from here on out. And he, this is, they say this to Secor. Now, keep in mind, there are four sectors that are up against an entire army of Spydrax's minions, all right? And they are severely outnumbered, severely outgunned, uh, and out-resourced in every way, shape, or form. And they have finally rescued this this captive, and they're just like, okay, like you've obviously shown that you can be you can be useful, you can be brave, like you've proven you've proven yourself. And they're just like, now go go home. home." And he just goes, and he just goes, all right, and then just gets on Ultifly and takes the fuck off. Zoop, gone. The whole episode is complete waste. He's like, well, yeah, you're probably right. Zoop. He's been he's been fighting (laughs) for twenty minutes to get Uh. to this point. And then they're just like, you should go home. And that's, that's the moment? That's the moment that he decides to just be like, you know what? I should probably that listen was the line. to you guys. That's all I could take. Time to go oh, home. Jesus he just fucking takes off. And then we leave with like a stinger. Insect pun. We leave with a stinger. Dargon and the ah. sectors are uh, ambushed by Spydrax's terror troopers. 
And that's normally where we'd leave it, but Sean and I did watch a bit of the second episode. So do you want to tease anything from that? I got one line that was just like, what the fuck, you guys? All right. Let's hit it with that line, and then I, I want to I wanna, I wanna review this. Okay, we'll, review we'll, keep this that. we'll keep that. Actually, I got two lines. I'm sorry. Um, and we'll oh, keep it pretty it. short because we're getting a little long on time. But uh, basically, they're in an ambush, and they're trying to get their way out of it. So <clears throat> at one point, the good guys set up a kind of ambush of their own. Now, if you've heard the line, don't fire until you see the whites of their eyes, then you understand what this strategy is about, right? You wait till they get close, and then you shoot so you don't miss. However, Dargon for whatever reason, decides to give that same order, but in the following words. Wait till you can spit on them, then open up. I heard this the first time, and I was just like, I don't know what that means. Like, if I was one of your soldiers, I'd be really confused. Do you want me to spit on them? What am I opening up? It was a very disturbing, disturbing line. Not as disturbing as another one later on. I think they get trapped in a hive later on. Yeah? And Zack, and his uh, immaturity, I guess, says uh, he shouts why did that thing blow us in here and that, that made me laugh because i'm 12 years old <laughs> and then uh hearing pincer or uh, or hearing mantor <clears throat> yell pincer no ah hive fluid in peter cullen's voice was pretty amazing yeah but then honestly that's about all i have for slave city the second episode because i had had enough sectors by that point and i feel like we have had enough sectors on this episode, so we're gonna wrap it up there. Do you have anything <laughs> else from uh, the episode that we watched tonight before we head to uh, Love It or Hate It? I'm good. Let's jump right, into it. Well, we have opinions, it. but people out there have opinions as well. Some loved it, some hated it. There were a total of three reviews on IMDb. We pulled two of them, so Sean's gonna take the first one. <laughs> yes. So this is. <laughs> oh God. Uh, this is from uh, Fat Bars Tard. Sure with a Z. Fat bastard. Um, with a Z from Brazil in 2001. It says a decent cartoon series of the 80s. Almost 16 years has passed, and I never heard nothing new about this incredible cartoon. Or better, I don't know nothing about this series. Like here in IMDb, they said there's only five half-hour episodes. I don't think so. I watched a good quality episode, at least 15. Where's the DVDs, CDs, tapes? Oh, yes. The toys are awesome, too. So I don't know that that's... It. That's a 10, 10, out of 10. 10 out of 10. I don't 10. know that that's really a review, just kind of a rambling incoherencies, but uh, that's fine. <laughs> My favorite part is that this review that follows is a direct reply to the previous one. It is from oh, Sean perfect. C. Collins from back in 2007. He answers, uh, six years later, this review with only five episodes. Sorry. This was a short series with a short toy line follow it, uh, to follow it. From what I've been able to gather, it was meant to follow on the success that He-Man had during the previous few years. I had several of the toys and remember watching it when it was shown originally in my area. It's been on a few times since, but not in the past 10 years at least. A lot of the voice actors are easily recognizable and remind me to watch other great cartoons. Five episodes only, great story, cool toys. Could have used a few more seasons, in my opinion. If you like short series, try watching Visionaries or Inhumanoids. So not much of a review, just kind of a explaining to another reviewer from six years previously that there were only five episodes. Thanks, Sean C. Collins. <laughs> You're doing the Lord's work. You are doing Mantis Jesus' work. Oh, All man. praise Mantis Christ. All right, buddy. What do you... Oh, let's uh, recommend or not this one. So do you recommend Sectors? And if not, does it get the dip? I recommend Sectors. What in the world? 
Yeah, I do. I do. Why? This was just this was just batshit yeah. insane enough. And I love going into it knowing that there's only going to be a couple episodes. I think for something like this, like I can stomach how bad this is going to be, especially because there seem to be so many parts, like you said, like even in the second episode where somebody where uh, Red or Ginger Stash gets yeah. like shot in the head, like there are some pretty oh, yeah. laughable comedic moments that are not intended to be <laughs> laughably comedic at all. But I think I think sort of the the visual style that they have in terms of the storytelling and how it kind of contrasts with what's actually being yep. displayed during that time, sort of like you've done a great job, Prince showing like all of the peasants that have been like have their lives destroyed this this cartoon almost seems to have no awareness of itself and the tragedy that it's causing other people it's so yeah right (laughs) so it uh it it, for that alone given the fact that it's only five short episodes i i would recommend checking this out because i think this is something that again like we've seen this time after time toy line begats cartoon and the toys, I think, were pretty great, in my opinion. Of having been a child who played with these back in the day, I think they were pretty great. And I think that something that's an extension of that, I think, is a very interesting in terms of the, the mythos that it tries very to introduce. Cool. I don't know if I'd go quite as strong as you with recommending it. However, uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Van DeWitt, who actually suggested this particular series to us uh, back in the day, a month or so ago, maybe a little bit longer. So because this is February uh, Listener Appreciation Month, just wanted to thank Van DeWitt for suggesting this series. And you guys feel free to do so as well. Uh, if there's any craziness out there we missed. I'm so glad that they recommended this uh, just because I'd never seen it before. So it was super fun for me to watch. Completely insane. I really do like the mythology that's here. There's a lot of cool stuff. There's, there's a lot of like world building and mythos and really cool names of places. I feel like you could have like a really good RPG kind of setup in these worlds. They really do go into like, yeah, Ooh. you want to get super nerdy about it. Um, they do have that level of depth in the mythology that you could really dig into it. It's just this cartoon was just kind of like, it's just a commercial to sell the toys. And unfortunately, I thought it could have been more than that, uh, but it wasn't. So I'm not going to give it a strong recommendation. But if you're curious enough about what we talked about here tonight, then you can check out the five episodes. You can find them online. Uh, as for us, Sean, buddy, what do you have coming up in the next couple of weeks? Guys, as always, I do improv comedy in D.C. You can check it out, witdc.org. If you happen to be in San Diego in February, you know, as you normally would, uh, it's, uh, I'm going to be performing as a part of the San Diego Improv Festival. Uh, that is going to be February 17th. Um, it's, uh, I think it's sdimprovfest.org. Uh, you can check it out for showtimes and tickets that are there. And as always, I'm on Instagram and Twitter. At Sean Paul Excellent. Ellis. You can find me on Twitter at Dr. Claw MD. You can also find me on Collider.com, Nerdist.com, and DaveDrumbore.com. If you want to find out more about the show, you can do so at our Patreon site, patreon.com slash Saturday Morning Cartoons, or you can simply head to our website, SaturdayMorningCartoons.com. Remember, that's morning with a U, just like sectars. You can also follow <laughs> us on Twitter at Morning Tunes. Check out Sean's handiwork on our Instagram page. Keep the conversation going on Facebook. Listen to us through YouTube or each and every week for free in our audio podcast through iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you want to get a suggestion in like Van DeWitt, you can send us an email, SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. Next week, we are going to continue February Listener Appreciation Month. But guess what? We're not going to tell you what the show is because you need to subscribe to our Patreon in order to find out in advance. One of the perks of being a member of our Patreon pledge drive. 
I will tell you, however, that next week's episode was suggested by Roy Gordon. So we just want to give Roy a quick shout out there, and we will talk about him again next week when we talk about Mystery Show. <gasps> Mystery Show. Oh. You thought I'd you out. I've been sufficiently Ooh, teased. delicious. Now we're going to take a sex tour. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Until next time, this has been Saturday Morning Cartoons. See you next time. Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out.